book seven chapters one through four of of the love of god by saint francis de sales translated by h l sidney lear this librivox recording is in the public domain book seven the union of the soul with its god as perfected by prayer chapter one the union of the soul with god in prayer is through love i am not now speaking of a general union of the heart to god but of certain individual acts and aspirations which the recollected soul makes in prayer the better to unite itself with his divine goodness assuredly there is a difference between uniting or joining one thing to another and drawing or pressing them closely together for the first end it will suffice to put the things together so that they may touch just as we unite our vines or jessamines to the trellis work of a garden arbor but in drawing or binding them we apply a strong pressure which greatly promotes union even as ivy unites itself to a tree not merely hanging on it but drawing so forcibly to it as actually to penetrate the bark the purity and innocence of a little child's love for its mother is an instance see that lovely babe as its mother offers it the breast how it throws itself with all the energy of its tiny frame into her lap nestling up to her tender bosom while the mother presses it closely to her kissing and fondling it mother and babe seem to have but one existence between them so fondly does he cooperate in that clinging embrace as though he was fain to bury himself in the maternal bosom whence he drew his life and so this union is perfect it is equal as regards both mother and child and yet it originates actually with the mother for it was she that attracted the babe she that first drew it into her arms and pressed it to her bosom nor could the feeble child have clung so tightly to her of itself yet the frail little being does all it can and clings with all its might to the maternal breast not merely accepting the union its mother offers but heartily cooperating with its baby powers baby powers indeed for they are so weak as to be rather attempts at union than union itself even so our dear lord offers the breast of his divine love to the devout soul he draws gathers it into the lap of his more than motherly tenderness and then burning with love he embraces the soul presses it to his heart kisses it with the sacred kisses of his mouth makes it taste of that love which is better than wine and so the soul intoxicated with delight not merely consents and yields to this divine union but cooperates with all its might thereto where all the time it thoroughly realizes that its union with this heavenly sweetness depends wholly upon his will without the grace of which it would be totally unable to make the smallest attempt at union when any great beauty 
or exquisite melody or marvellous eloquence absorbs the attention of men we say that it fixes their gaze or ravishes their ear or masters their heart what does this mean save that the senses and their faculties are drawn and pressed to the absorbing object even so the soul presses and cleaves when it greatly loves for pressure is but the progress of union even in common things we use such language he presses me to do this he presses me to abide that is he is not content with persuasion or entreaty but he employs urgency and effort like to the disciples at emmaus who not only entreated the lord to abide with them but forcibly pressed him constraining him with loving violence now in prayer union is often attained by means of tiny but frequent upliftings of the soul to god and so if you watch a babe nestling to its mother's breast you will see it frequently quiver with so to say fresh spasms of delight thus the soul that is united to god in prayer makes fresh efforts whereby it presses up closer and closer to his gracious love crying out lord i am thine wholly utterly and i would be thine ever more and more o sweet jesus draw me closer and closer to thee until i be altogether swallowed up of love but at other times this union increases not so much by these efforts as by a continual though unconscious pressure and advance made by the heart upon god's goodness just as we have seen a heavy mass of lead or stone create such a pressure on the ground where it lies that without any extraneous aid it becomes fairly buried in the soil after a while so the heart once joined to god if it abide undisturbed will go on insensibly sinking deeper in that union until at last it will be altogether lost in him by reason of the sacred longing for ever increasing nearness to god which holy love inspires it was said of the great apostle of france that love is a unitive virtue that is one which tends to perfect union with our sovereign good and inasmuch as it is an unquestionable truth that so long as we are in this world divine love is a movement or at any rate an activity tending thereto it does not cease to act because it has attained to simple union but goes on however imperceptibly striving to confirm and perfect its union thus trees which bear transplanting spread forth their roots and penetrate the soil which is their element and aliment though no one sees aught save the result and the heart of man transplanted into god from out of the world by heavenly love and fervent in prayer will assuredly spread itself out and come closer to him being more and more united with him yet by such imperceptible progress 
that it cannot be discerned while making, but only in its result. If you drink some powerful cordial, it becomes part of yourself by the mere act of swallowing, since in this case reception and union are the same thing. But gradually this union will sensibly increase, for the virtue of the cordial will penetrate your system, invigorating and cheering it. And in likewise an impulse, say of dilection such as, how good is God, having entered the heart, a simple union exists at first, but having been fostered as a precious guest, it speedily penetrates the soul, it spreads and expands the will, taking possession of the mind, drawing us closer and closer to God, and He to us. This is what David means when he says that God's words are sweeter than honey. Psalm 119, verse 103. For all men know that honey becomes sweeter by prolonged tasting, and that if we hold it in the mouth or swallow it slowly, it takes more entire possession of the organ of taste. Just so, let a loving heart grasp such a sense of divine love as is expressed in St. Bruno's cry, O oh goodness, or St. Thomas's, My Lord and my God or the Magdalene's, Hail, Master, or St. Francis's, My God and my all. And lingering there, it will spread and penetrate through the mind, impregnating it with its own flavor, practically increasing union, just as balm or any other precious oil dropped upon cotton wool spreads gradually until you scarce can say whether the cotton be perfumed or perfume itself. Blessed indeed is the soul which lovingly preserves the sacred consciousness of the presence of God within itself. The union of that soul with God will be ever increasing, however insensibly, and it will penetrate and imbue every corner of his being with its priceless sweetness. And by this holy consciousness of God's presence, I here mean not a sensible consciousness, but that which dwells in the superior part of the mind, where divine love reigns and acts. Chapter 2. The Various Degrees of Holy Union with God, Which Are Found in Prayer Sometimes union is accomplished without any cooperation of ours save a simple yielding to divine goodness, such as a weary babe which can make no effort to go to its mother, but which nevertheless rejoices to be enfolded in her arms and pressed to her bosom. So again we cooperate when being drawn, we run willingly after the loving power which draws and binds us by the strength of love. Another time we seem to begin pressing close to God before he draws near to us, because we feel the movement on our own side, and do not feel that of God, which nevertheless is continually preventing us, although we are often unconscious of it. For verily, did he not unite himself to us, we could never unite ourselves to him, 
he chooses and claims us before we choose or claim him but when following his imperceptible drawings we begin to unite ourselves to him he sometimes speeds our progress strengthening our weaknesses and drawing so near to us that we seem to feel him entering in and filling our heart with untold sweetness sometimes again his aid is given as insensibly as his first drawing and we knowing not how so mighty a union was made only knowing that we had no power of ourselves to make it are led to believe that a hidden power has wrought insensibly in us even as a pilot whose ship is laden with iron when he sees it move vigorously without a strong breeze knows that it must be near some hidden lodestone which attracts it thus when we are conscious that our mind is increasingly united to god by our own feeble effort while acknowledging that we are not sailing under any self-raised breeze we know that the lover of souls is sweetly drawing us although he does it imperceptibly so that we may not waste our time on the means but give our whole attention to the result at other times this union arises so imperceptibly that the heart feels neither the divine workings nor any cooperation of its own but it wakes up to an already existing union like jacob who found himself unconsciously married to leah or rather like a new samson bound with the cords of holy union unawares or it may be we realize the operation this union being accomplished by conscious movement on god's part and on our own sometimes union is achieved by our own will which again may draw the understanding and fix it in strong delight upon the object of love just as love is wont to fix our bodily vision upon that which we love sometimes this union embraces all the faculties of the soul concentrating them on the will not in order to unite themselves to god for they are incapable of that but rather to make it easier to the will to make such union for if the faculties be distracted each in its own channel the soul cannot uninterruptedly seek its union with god great is the variety of such unions consider saint marshall who is believed to have been the happy child taken by our lord into his arms mark chapter nine verse thirty six blessed child to be thus born and taken to the breast of thy saviour receiving the embrace of his love without any cooperation on thine own part save that of unresisting readiness st simeon on the other hand pressed our lord to his breast while he apparently had no share in the union although verily as the church sings the old man carried the child but the child ruled the man st bonaventura in his deep humility not only did not unite himself to his lord 
but withdrew from his sacramental presence until one day as he heard mass our lord himself gave him the blessed sacrament who can conceive the love with which that saintly soul clasped his saviour to his breast after such a union st catherine of siena on the contrary so intensely longed after the lord in holy communion so fervently craved after him that he gave himself into her mouth thus he took the initiative with st bonaventura while st catherine seemed to take it with him the bride of the canticles refers to both kinds of union i am my beloved's and his desire is toward me canticle chapter seven verse ten i have united myself to him and he has in like manner turned towards me to unite himself to me and be wholly mine a bundle of myrrh is my well-beloved unto me he shall lie all night betwixt my breasts canticle chapter one verse thirteen and david says with like meaning my soul hangeth upon thee thy right hand hath upholden me psalm sixty three verse nine in another passage the bride describes her union as anticipated my beloved is mine and i am his canticle chapter two verse sixteen he unites himself to me and i to him and in token that all union is of god's grace drawing and kindling us she cries out draw me while to prove that it is no inert mass or reluctant culprit that is to be drawn but one ready to cooperate with all her powers however feeble she adds we will run after thee canticle chapter one verse four the bridegroom draws one only but many run after him god requires but the will yet all the other faculties run after it to share its union with him it was to such union that the bridegroom stimulated his beloved sulamite set me as a seal upon thine heart as a seal upon thine arm canticle chapter eight verse six when we want to make the impression of a seal upon wax we are not content with merely joining the two we press them forcibly together and in like manner he would have us united to him so closely and urgently as to bear the impress of his likeness the love of christ constraineth us two corinthians chapter five verse fourteen o marvellous illustration of the highest union he had joined himself to human nature by grace as a vine to the elm thereby making it partaker of his fruit but seeing that this union was defeated by adam's sin he contracted a yet closer more urgent union through the incarnation by which human nature was for ever united to the person of the godhead and in order that not human nature only but each and all men might be closely united to his boundless love 
he instituted the sacrament of the holy eucharist through which every one may partake and unite himself to his lord by feeding on that heavenly food surely such a sacramental union must be the most powerful of stimulants towards that spiritual union of which we are treating chapter three the highest degree of union in rapture be the soul's union with god conscious or unconscious he is alike its author and none can approach or attain him except the father draw him john chapter six verse forty four draw me we will run after thee canticle chapter one verse four now the perfection of this union lies in two points purity and strength if i approach any one in order to speak to him to see him to obtain somewhat of him or lean upon him i certainly draw near but my main object is not so much union with him as to promote whatever may be my immediate object but if i approach with no other end in view than to enjoy his immediate presence this is simply and purely to seek union with him there were many who drew near to our lord thus to hearken like mary to be healed like the sick woman in the gospel to worship like the magi to serve him like martha to satisfy their doubts like thomas to anoint him like the magdalene joseph and nicodemus but the bride seeks that she may find him only and having found him she cares only to cleave to him i held him and would not let him go canticle chapter three verse four st bernard notices that whereas jacob exclaimed i will not let thee go except thou bless me the bride seeking rather the god of all blessings himself than his actual blessings would not let him go however he may load her with blessings whom have i in heaven but thee and there is none upon earth that i desire in comparison of thee thou art the strength of my heart and my portion for ever psalm seventy three verses twenty four and twenty five in such a mind it was that his blessed mother stood by his cross seeking her son seeking to be near him amid the saddest scenes because it was himself not any mere delight in him that she craved when the union of the soul with god is very close and urgent it is technically called inherency or adhesion because the soul becomes so identified with god that it can scarce be separated from him take the case of a man who is rapt by the spell of music or even the mere gambler fascinated by his cards and see how hard it is to tear him thence even for actual necessities and how much rather should the loving soul be wrapped in its god when permitted to approach his divine perfection even so st paul said i am crucified with christ that i might live unto god 
galatians chapter 2 verses 19 and 20 as also he affirmed that nothing not even death itself could separate him from his master jonathan's soul we read was knit with the soul of david 1 samuel chapter 18 verse 1 and it was an axiom among the fathers that friendship which could have an end is no real friendship look upon the babe how it clings to its mother when anyone offers to take it away if one little hand is loosened how the other grasps her how the child cries when removed how it calls for her till it sinks to sleep at last just so the soul which is truly united to god can only be dragged loose with bitter force it will not let him go if the imagination be distracted it holds on with the understanding if that be disturbed the will still cleaves to him and if even that be for a moment disturbed it reverts eagerly to the beloved tightening its bonds more closely than ever while realizing the strait betwixt two desires of which st paul speaks to the philippians chapter one verse twenty three longing to cleave all outward things and abide solely with christ yet also desiring to follow up the work of obedience which that very union inculcates st teresa says that when union with our lord has reached this point it is the same as rapture or suspension of the faculties it is called union or suspension when brief ecstasy or rapture when prolonged and that because the soul is so powerfully united to god as to be with difficulty separated it lives no longer in self but in god as a crucified body hangs not on itself but on the cross or as ivy becomes part of the wall on which it grows love is a bond the bond of perfectness colossians chapter 3 verse 14 and he who loves most is most closely bound to god and by this i do not mean the habitual permanent union which exists whether we sleep or wake but of that active union which is the result and utterance of love suppose that st paul st denis st augustine st bernard st francis st catherine were once more on earth but sleeping in very weariness after their great works for the love of god while on the other hand you take some devout soul less holy than they absorbed in unitive prayer which is most closely united to god surely those great saints for their love is greatest and albeit their faculties slumber they are more inseparably bound to him do you ask how a soul plunged in the ecstatic union of prayer can be less united than saints who sleep i reply that while it is foremost in the actual practice of union they are foremost in a union already attained and perfected such practice of union with god 
is greatly to be promoted by brief but frequent ejaculatory prayer lord jesus grant me to be like-minded to thee teach me to renounce all creature bonds for thee thou o my god art my all mighty lover of souls draw me wholly to thyself thou art wholly mine when shall i be wholly thine be thou the lodestone of my heart draw me to thyself for ever i was made for thee wherefore have i not attained to thee swallow up the drop which thou hast created within the ocean of thy love draw me and i will run after thee i will cast myself into the arms of thy mercy and abide there to all eternity amen chapter four of the first species of rapture ecstasy is called rapture because by it god draws and raises us to himself and rapture is called ecstasy because it carries us forcibly out of ourselves and unites us to god the attractions whereby god draws us are marvelously sweet yet at the same time the power with which his divine beauty and goodness act upon the soul is so intense that it ravishes and carries it away while the eagerness with which the raptured soul yields to his attractions causes it not merely to rise up but to rush so to say out of itself into the bosom of its god there is a corresponding evil attraction whereby sin draws the soul from its rightful spiritual elevation through the lines of fleshly lusts and such lusts so powerfully influence the mind and upset its balance that philosophers have likened the man who is subject to them to an epileptic patient so utterly he is lost o man how long will ye degrade yourself to the level of brutes there are three manner of holy ecstasies that of the understanding which comes of illumination and results in marvelling admiration that of the affections which proceeds from fervour and results in devotion and that of action which results in practical operations admiration is kindled by the realization of some hitherto unknown and unexpected truth and when that truth combines beauty and worth admiration is intensified as in the case of the queen of sheba on finding solomon's grandeur so far beyond her expectations or of the jews when they were astonished at our lord's wisdom and his mighty works matthew chapter thirteen verse fifty four and so when it pleases god to give the mind any special enlightenment by which it attains an unusually exalted contemplation of the divine mysteries it discovers unforeseen beauties therein and is rapt in admiration such admiration forcibly attaches the mind to the admired object so that it is never weary of contemplation 
and sometimes god further gives the soul an ever-increasing perceptive light by which like those who search a gold mine the understanding continues to penetrate deeper and deeper in the knowledge of its divine attraction such admiration has ever been the source and motive power of philosophy and natural science and it is not less so of mystic theology and inasmuch as this admiration when strong carries men out of themselves and beyond their natural level in the consideration of heavenly things it tends to produce ecstasy end of book seven chapter four